Hello, I am your host, Dr. Jacqueline Kerr, behavior change specialist, mum, and burnout survivor. Here we are with the season one wrap up. I hope you have a moment alone to wrap your gifts and to enjoy this season wrap up. According to my husband, I'm the world's worst gift wrapper. It's a fair assessment. I slap it together, patching up the holes and mismatch pieces as I go. Hopefully this wrapping job will be a little more thought out. But hey, I'm also learning to embrace my imperfect mess. I want to start this wrap up with a few thanks. Thanks to Laura Knights, host of the Black Woman Leading podcast, who inspired me to do a season wrap up. Thanks to Amy Nungen Villanova, who has helped me with the podcast website and for being a wonderful sounding board. Thanks to all my generous guests who gave me their time, their expertise, and their trust. Thanks to Amy Henderson and Leslie Ford, who both encouraged me in this space. Thanks to the Sheed podcast team, including Tracy and the community at PodHive, who've been so supportive and knowledgeable. We launched in mid-September. At the end of the summer, I had a week at a co-working space while my husband took full responsibility for the kids. I was so productive during this week. My brain worked properly for the first time in ages. It reminded me how challenging it is for mums to manage the house and kids' schedules and have productive, creative work time. It also showed me I can do this. When I can dedicate focused time to it, I am capable. Such a large part of burnout is losing confidence in your abilities. This was so important for me to rediscover. Not only did I appreciate the time myself, I also let my husband know how helpful and productive it was. I went home feeling energized. So we agreed. A week each month, I would take for myself to work on my burnout mission. Unfortunately, four days before my next scheduled work week away at the end of September, my husband Bert broke his leg badly on an e-bike. I had to cancel my trip. As I started to work out how to manage the kids and get my husband's surgery, I realized I couldn't do this without another full-time pair of hands. So Bert's sister Michelle came down and helped us for two weeks. I'm so grateful to her but I was also so proud of myself to actually ask for the help I needed. Bert was so upset to have to ask for help and to be a burden on all of us. He ended up being in surgery for nine hours and being sent home at 11pm at night to avoid being in the hospital with the increased COVID risk. It was crazy and I bore the stress in my neck. Three days after his surgery, I couldn't hold my head up. So it's been a tough few weeks. I felt so frustrated to have lost my newfound freedom again. My husband's recovery has been slow. He'll be in a cast through January. But at the same time, a friend has been looking after her ailing mother. And I realized at least Bert will get better. I'm grateful for that. And we're calling on friends to help us decorate the house for the holidays. We're really thankful for the meals and rides and visitors who have helped us through this time. Keeping up on the podcast has been challenging, but I prioritized it. That and my TED Talk applications. My book writing 
has been put on hold temporarily. So I'm really pleased to have completed this season one and to have interviews for season two recorded and to be attracting guests for season three. As I mentioned on a recent podcasting community call, I know I still need to find ways to make the process sustainable and enjoyable for the long term, but I feel more positive about the future than I have for a while. Before reviewing season one and giving you a sneak peek at season two, I want to share some listener comments with you. I cried on the way to work this morning. Thank you for this podcast. I've been listening to your podcast today. You've created something amazing. I'm wowed how you have revitalized yourself. Thank you for pursuing this vision. It is going to save people. I heard a couple podcast episodes. Nice to hear your voice. And I think those are important conversations, realizations about burnout that need to get out there more. Good for an employer like me to hear too. I think we're failing working mums right now. And it's clear in the workforce data that they're choosing between all or nothing propositions for work. And it's a huge problem. Also potentially a huge opportunity. I love, love, loved episode five, mostly because it compared Western cultures with more communalistic ones. The way kids are raised in Mexico is very different here. And that sense of empowerment can be a challenge as a parent. It was validating. I just listened to your most recent podcast about taking a parenting break. So timely, you're talking about reducing your time at work on paper, but the workload not reducing? I just went back down to 80%, and it feels like the workload jumped to 120%. I started listening to the podcast, and it's remarkable how you've put into words what you experienced. Thank you so much for sharing these comments with me. And here was a comment from a listener of the Public Health Epidemiology Conversations podcast, where I was a guest and described my burnout. Thank you for interviewing her. I didn't know how to define it, but I realized my loss of joy during COVID in 2020 was burnout. I could not explain why curriculum development work with my team became a chore, and I was upset all the time about reasonable requests. I hope I can do more guest spots on other podcasts so I can help people realize these feelings we're experiencing are burnout. And although I focus on working mum burnout, some of my listeners are dads and some are male CEOs who want to know how to support their mum employees. Some are also mums who do not work in a paid job, but who nonetheless also feel burned out. I'm grateful to you all. Just to recap, Here are my main takeaways from season one. In episode two, Dr. Kelly Chandler kicked us off with her knowledge about work-family conflicts and the STAR intervention to encourage managers to talk about personal matters and be role models for limited workouts. I was particularly touched that she brought her daughter into her office space during COVID to help her daughter with her mental health. This was a time when many of us were trying to get space away from our kids. She also admitted the need to prove herself as a single mum. In episode three, Rachel Cook, host of the Modern Mentor podcast, shared her expertise in leadership development. I enjoyed how she kept the suggestions very real, understanding the C-suite motivations and suggesting ways to integrate burnout prevention into daily activities rather than making it another burden. 
In episode four, Juju Hook talked about lack of self-belief affecting almost all her female clients. She described her burnout journey and coping with her changing parent role. She also inspired us with her vision of well-paid women entrepreneurs investing back in other women. In episode five, Dr. Isabel Rosgram explained parental burnout and gave us examples of how to reduce the parenting stresses and increase the resources to get more help. In particular, I know listeners appreciated how she identified the issues that make parenting in the US so challenging. My talk with Isabel was particularly helpful in thinking through getting help and reducing stresses since Bert's accident. In episode six, Tori Henderson, a parenting coach and host of the podcast Supermom is Getting Tired, gave us permission to take a mum vacation and how to intentionally slack off when needed. I really took this advice to heart during the last few weeks. I did not sign up for any school volunteering. Normally, I prioritize this to show my appreciation for the teacher's efforts, but I just had no time or energy to give to it. So I made an intentional slack-off rule for myself. And it was such a relief to just know I wouldn't even try to make it work. It was just one thing off my radar entirely. In episode seven, Dr. Hannah Badland set a bold example of work boundaries, working a four-day week and leaving meetings early without apology. She also had me laughing at her airplane debate about the benefits of diversity. Why not practice our strategies to convince others on complete strangers before takeoff? In episode eight, management expert Leslie Ford shared her burnout story and provided practical strategies to reduce work hours and to let go of unreasonable work expectations. In episode nine, Dr. Erica Hinkson described being burned out as a single mum and student. She recognized the influence of strong female leaders in New Zealand on her leadership style. Not only has Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern been a role model on the global COVID stage, but I also read recently in What Works, Gender Equality by Design, that research shows female politicians, even more than CEOs and board members, are important role models who can reduce societal bias from gender stereotypes. In episode 10, career coach and author Becca Carnahan described how to start doing more enjoyable tasks as part of your daily job and how to make efficiencies in your day through helpful services such as grocery delivery and Calendly. In episode 11, movement builder and author Amy Henderson described her work in making caregiving a central part of work values and skills. We talked about the benefits of therapy and learning to cope with the challenges of motherhood. In episode 12, I talked frankly with Dr. Gina Merchant about failing to support her in challenging the microaggressions we both faced. In addition, she talked about the practical challenges of breastfeeding at work. At the end, I described actions I could have taken on her behalf had I known better. In episode 13, Caitlin Donovan, author and burnout expert, talked about the challenges of multiple burnout episodes and about bouncing back from burnout. She talked about backing into burnout solutions and creating a safe space first before challenging ourselves. I particularly liked her analogy, the self-help hamster wheel. For each episode, I created a behavior change guide to help you act upon the recommendations provided by the guests. The guides focused on 
prioritizing your needs, supporting your employees' life outside of work, celebrating your team's small wins, charging what you are worth, letting go of too many extracurricular activities, taking a mum vacation, setting boundaries around your work hours, only sending emails during work hours, recognizing your burnout symptoms, stopping and resetting, using Calendly to set availability boundaries efficiently, finding your tribe to prevent burnout, addressing workplace microaggressions, and reducing resentment to prevent burnout. I hope they are helpful. In season two, you will hear from Laurie Pritzman, burnout coach with advice about how to approach a new year. Jennifer Kubler, licensed marriage and family therapist about parenting with positive discipline. Dr. Melissa Wicklover, burnout survivor and director of the Council on Black Health. Jess Gallica, coach and expert in transformational career changes. Joe Angel Concepcion, author, founder of the Track and Assess app and survivor of a toxic workplace. Dr. Lara Kaur, set me free career coach who reminds us to filter our expectations through a middle-aged male lens. Dr. Rebecca Pope Rourke, researcher and expert on faculty burnout. Stephanie Chick, corporate and individual coach and behavior specialist for Living Free. Mary Beth Ferrante, coach and advocate for gender equality. Alison Sow, corporate coach focused on human leadership. Dr. Kate Murray, multicultural researcher and expert on representation. Selena Barker, author, podcaster, and burnout coach with a down-to-earth approach to burnout. Toyosi Babaloa, founder of Abule, an online village solution to help working mums find support from their community. Dr. Isabel Torres, leader of Mothers in Science, a writer and advocate for policies to support mothers in STEM, including medicine. And Alison Venditti, founder of Mums at Work. She is an HR specialist and advocate for maternity leave and pay transparency. I'm so excited to share these conversations with you, starting in January 2022. To end this season wrap-up, I'm including a recording I did with my Scottish friend, Leslie Patterson. I wrote this dialogue between me and my inner critic. She's a Scottish witch like the ones from Macbeth. One way I started to face my inner critic was to realize the things she said to me were so outrageous that they were in fact funny. They were the sort of thing a comedian could get away with saying. The things you shouldn't ever really say to someone else. This little skit takes you through me thinking about doing a TED talk and trying to learn from my experience to write a book. It describes the inner thoughts that keep cropping up and how I eventually learned to befriend that voice. Almost any book you read on burnout will talk about this inner critic. For me, she got stronger after leaving my job, during my burnout recovery. I know the holidays can be hard. The year I burned out, my husband worked most of the holiday period, and he didn't even tell me ahead of time that he wouldn't be home to help with the kids. We didn't talk about sharing the load, and by the new year, I was done. 
The new year comes with so many expectations of hope. And when you're in burnout, your lack of hope weighs even more heavily. Please ask for help over this period. Do not try to do it all. Please call a counsellor or a coach or a friend if you need to. And I look forward to being again with you on January the 5th. Not with New Year resolutions, but with a thoughtful way to look back at the past with compassion and to look to the future with reasonable expectations. In the meantime, please enjoy this insight into my inner dialogue, my crazy witch, my misguided friend trying to keep me safe, and take care of you. Thank you for listening. A TED Talk? (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. You're not smart enough for that. But I have a bachelor's, a master's. Even a PhD degree. You only got those through work. You're not smart. What do you even do with all that wasted education? When will you get a proper job? But I'm a public health professor. I won over $50 million in grants. My work's been cited over 20,000 times. What a show off. No one likes you. You're bossy too. But I've got a husband, two kids, two dogs. Don't they love me? How's that pesky puppy, by the way? Oh, he ate my new glasses, several Barbie dolls, my daughter's homework. I'm overwhelmed. Oh, boo-hoo. Overwhelmed by a pesky puppy. You're just weak. You're pathetic. You're not doing enough to be overwhelmed. Maybe I should leave my job. You don't belong there. That place is only for really smart people. I feel like a bad boss, a bad mum, a bad wife, a bad leader. At last, we're on the same page. You're no good at anything. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm drowning. Ugh, don't talk to me about drowning. I've survived hundreds of drownings. I prefer to burn, double, double toil and trouble, fire, burn and cauldron bubble. Let's burn! Well, that was fun. Now what? I feel like I failed. Who am I if I'm no longer a professor? I'm so lost. Now you're talking. Don't forget your fat, ugly, stupid and a bad friend. Good at learning. Asking questions. Good at writing. I like helping people. Maybe I can be a grant writer. Oh God, that work is so boring. You have no ideas of your own. Your opinions don't matter. You're not even funny. Okay, okay, I'll read more. I'll learn about what other people think can prevent burnout in working mums. I'll take a stand-up comedy class and prove I can make people laugh. Okay, okay, so you can be funny, but so what? What if you can't answer every question about burnout? People will think you're a fraud. What if you're unprepared? I'll do improv comedy to prepare me to be spontaneous. I'll read over 150 books. What's this? A worldwide pandemic? COVID's gonna break you. Kids home full time. You'll go crazy. You're a terrible mum, terrible wife, terrible friend. I'll get a coach. Several coaches. I'll get help, advice. I'll find the answers I need. All this thinking. It's such a waste of time. Don't forget you're fat and ugly. Yes. And I'm fit and strong. What did you say? Yes. And? Yes. It's an improv comedy technique. I agree with you. I'm fat and ugly, but I am also fit and strong. Hmm. I'm thinking of starting a business to help prevent burnout in working mums. <laughs> oh, what do you know about burnout and working mums? Quite a bit, actually. That's right. You completely burned out. 
Now that was fun. Let's do it again. Go ahead, build a business and let's watch it burn too. I don't want to burn out again. You'll work too hard. You'll get stressed. No one will buy your ideas. It will be a waste of time and money. People will think you're stupid. You'll fail. You won't learn. You'll be a loser again. Why are you so upset? What are you trying to tell me? How can I make you feel safe? Oh, now you want to know what I think. You're asking for my opinion? Well, yes. Huh. Get me a cup of tea. Here you go. This will make you feel better. What's up? Well, I suppose I just live in fear. You know, it is not much fun fighting every step of the way, being called aggressive, being overlooked, being interrupted. I know how you feel. Well, I mean, this is a nice cup of tea. What do you like to do? Well, I like writing. Don't you remember how we used to write those letters from boarding school? No one listened then. What if we write again, but for ourselves? It doesn't matter if we're heard. We can write to each other. I'll send you letters and you can write back to me. Ooh, that would be nice. So what did you learn from all those books and all those coaches? It's okay to cry. Emotions can tell us things. They're like signposts along the road. Fear indicates change, anger boundaries. Sadness, you're ready to move on. It's not weak to cry. Anger doesn't mean I'm a bitch. You can be happy and sad. You can be a good listener sometimes. And you can still learn new things. Nothing is fixed. I prefer black and white. Listening and hearing are different. What did you say? It's okay for you to ask for what you need. You can even ask for positive affirmations if that's your love language. Or you can thank yourself in case no one else does. Love languages? Give me a love potion any day. You don't need to control your kids or try to make them better. You can just reflect back to them who they are so they know that they're already somebody. They don't have to wait to become somebody. Like a mirror. Don't get me started with mirrors. I had a bad experience with one of them on a wall once. It's okay to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. It's human nature. And if we can learn from the mistakes, they're a gift. Showing your kids that it's okay to make mistakes is really important. And to even apologize to them when appropriate, I was just joking, is not an apology. It's not even funny. Sometimes when you feel bad, something else might be going on. Maybe there's a problem that's not your fault. Or maybe someone else has a problem that explains why they're mad. Sometimes it's not about you. Not about me? Now that's absurd. Self-care isn't a shower. It's a week away from the kids. Better than eating them, I suppose. I gave up dieting and started listening to what my body needed. That's intuitive. I learned that an hour is an hour, no matter what you get paid. And you get to choose how you spend that time. Tick-tock goes the maternal clock. Gender bias is real and makes things harder, especially for working mums. Smash the patriarchy. You can't change other people. I've turned lots of men into toads. But you can set boundaries around what you will do to help others. You can build systems that make change the easy choice and that keep people accountable to each other. Well, that sounds easy enough. Systems don't change on their own. People have to change, and that can be hard. But you can inspire change, advocate for change, or lead change. But training and knowledge is not enough. Sounds like my cup of tea. Did you know, as well as an inner critic, you have an inner mentor? 
someone who can guide you and make you feel safe. I thought I saw someone else lurking around in here. I learned you need to befriend your inner critic. How do you do that? You draw her, name her, and invite her to tea. Maybe you should write a book about it. Great idea. We'll call it How I Burned My Witch, Befriended Her, and Designed a World Where She Could Thrive. It's a book about me? Yes. And it's about me too. Take control, you're a fighter. 